Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Hollow Hollow podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg people. Welcome to our taste test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of the taste test, Jesse taste tests Halston, now streaming on Netflix. What did it taste like, Kuya? Oh my God, Sigs. So the metaphor that I want to use for this taste test is Mm -hmm. a death by chocolate trifle. Oh, I'm hungry. uh, Tell me. (laughs) Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So for those listeners out there that don't know what a trifle is, it is a throw-together dessert that was popularized probably in the 1970s and 80s. And Mm -hmm. a death by chocolate trifle has the following components that are all layered together. So basically chocolate pudding, chocolate shavings, Oreo cookies, mini chocolate chips, Cool Whip topping, and coffee-infused chocolate bar shavings and bittersweet chocolate. So, mm, so that's what it was. Yeah. That sounds thick and layered. Uh, totally thick and layered. And uh-huh. I chose it because Halston, this mini series feels silky and very retro and nostalgic and rich uh-huh. in style. And that's exactly kind of like what I think about when I have had a death by chocolate trifle. It is classic Ryan Murphy, who again places emphasis on what I would say is form. And sometimes <laughs> you and I have talked about this, Sig, but sometimes <laughs> it's at the expense of substance or his storytelling. But nonetheless, it is sumptuous and it is all about fashion and the settings have been such a visual delight to see. And it really showcases the best part of what I would say are the 70s and the 80s. But instead of that kind of 70s color palette, mm-hmm. it is much more richer in earth tones is what they very much concentrated on. So think of leather, think of suede, think Mm. of brown jersey, think of twill, cotton poplin. It was really interesting to see more of that color palette as opposed Mm. to kind of like that bright yellow, orange, brown color palette that we're so used to thinking of when we see 1970s, 80s references and stuff like that. But nonetheless, beautiful, dark, sumptuous. What it tasted like, again, was death by chocolate trifle. Well, I mean, if it tasted that decadent, was it worth the pop culture calories? I certainly felt so. The way that I would describe the calories was is that it felt like a sugar rush or in this case, a style rush. Like six, ah. my senses were really overwhelmed with the sense of oh. style. And I felt yeah. the velvet and the suede kind of popping through my screen. And so it did feel like an overwhelming sense of calories. And if you've ever like... <laughs> dipped into a death by chocolate trifle, it feels like it's overwhelming you with sugar goodness. And it felt like velvety, again, goodness coming on the way down as I was kind of consuming this pop culture. Uh And the way I would describe the calories itself was that it was satisfying, but ultimately light, but not necessarily filling. What does it remind you of in the pop culture buffet? 
Two things instantly came to mind for me. One was Ryan Murphy's recent Boys in the Band. It took place in relatively the same time period, Mm -hmm. so early 80s. The other was another Ryan Murphy production, which was the assassination of Gianni Versace. And Uh I felt like it was these two things that came together, like the history of a fashion icon told in a very particular way, as well as the set designs of Boys in the Band. So I felt like it was a love child of these two earlier Ryan Murphy Productions. I think the styling of this miniseries showcased the late 70s and the early 80s in such a way that didn't feel so dated. Like it felt Mm. classic in some ways, which is really different because when I find that when I watch 1970s shows or references to show, it does feel dated. It feels retro, but I can never say that it's typically classic. And I thought, oh, these are really classic looks of the 70s that have actually gone on into the 90s and 2000s. So some Mm. of the Halston designs, it was like, if I didn't know any better six, it was like, this is Tom Ford. It looks like Tom Ford, like early days of Tom Ford. Yeah, and I recall, and I remembered an interview of Tom Ford, how he had gotten some inspiration from, you know, Studio 54, which if you think about Studio 54 is all about Halston's brand design. He practically outfitted all the people that went to Studio 54 back in the 70s and during those disco days. It was interesting to see all of that, and that's what it reminded me in the pop culture buffet, but it also allowed me to kind of leap forward and thought, oh, I see you, Tom Ford. I know now where you get that sleek, slithering sexuality, try saying that three times, sleek, (laughs) slithering sexuality coming through in all of your designs that he had done in the early 2000s or so. So I thought, oh, interesting. So that's what it kind of reminds me in the pop culture buffet and pop forward to the 2000s as well as to today for that matter. Well, it seems like the way that you just described the materials and the way that they've been showcased, it does sound like a Tom Ford Gucci line. It totally like, does. It like does. it totally did. The way did. that you just described it earlier, I'm like, oh, that sounds very current. It really you know? did. So. Like they really showed. Like they didn't show all the again color palettes of the '70s, and the mm-hmm. fact that it was much more earth tones in delivery and styling. It just made me think, oh, like. This is no different than if you saw Tom Ford's early collections. Mm. Oh, this is fascinating. So it just kind of made me think, oh, like I see your inspiration, Tom Ford. It was from Halston. It doesn't surprise me. And it now makes me want to actually see The Single Man, which he produced and filmed. Yeah, right. With Julianne Moore and Colin Firth. And it makes me just want to look at that again and think, oh, I wonder what inspiration you got from Halston to maybe style this particular movie. So, and yes, it was a good movie and surprising that it was done by Tom Ford, but not to say that a creative fashion designer couldn't be a creative director for that matter. That's true. Now, what did you appreciate about Halston? I think you would appreciate this. There were a lot of trivia that I didn't know, you know, and I I have to say, like, I knew about the Halston brand. I knew enough to kind of identify it if I've ever seen it in magazines or in fashion books or whatever the case may be. But I didn't really know his life. I only know maybe tidbits of his life, like Uh that he had excessive Coke usage, was a constant fixture at Studio 54. But all this trivia that was dropped, like I didn't realize how close he was to Liza Minnelli or little tidbits like how 
he was an uncredited designer on Cabaret. And that if it wasn't no for... Ho- yeah, so apparently like they share some of that kind of origin story or backstory that Bob Fosse had put Liza Minnelli in these uncomfortable outfits. And she was just like, how do you want me to move in these Bob Fosse styles? Yeah. And I can't move and I can't dance the way that you want me to dance in those Bob Fosse ways. And she uh-huh. brought in Halston and he fixed it all up and saved it. And he never took credit for it. And yet fashion stylings in cabaret, it just makes me want to go see Sally Bowles all over again and think to myself, oh my God, that was all him. And it makes sense, right? Because they Uh also delved into his psyche a little bit as Ryan Murphy likes to do. The other trivia is the process of perfuming. I knew about, but it was kind of fun (laughs) to see dramatized. And it was like, so so at one point, the Halston brand gets bought out. It's being popularized and corporatized. And one of the ways of licensing that they explored early on was the process of perfuming. And they Mm. wanted him to create the Halston perfume. And he was working with a perfumer. And the perfumer (laughs) was, interestingly enough, talking about all the different notes in a scent. Like you need a book, you need a a bass note, a top note, a heart note. And then giving him assignments, I'm like, oh, I so could have done this job. I so could have done this job. Yes, (laughs) listeners, if you do remember, Jesse and I had a conversation in a a warm-up long ago. And Jesse said that you you would have delved into like perfumery. I I totally would have. Like inorganic chemistry, I would have had to maybe pursue more chemical engineering at, at some point in my career. Ultimately, I needed to kind of move elsewhere. But I just loved all that stuff about how a perfume is kind of made together. So they spent a bit of time like talking about that. And I think the other things, and I've already talked about it, but you know, it is so well worth mentioning again that the visual styling of this miniseries was really gorgeous and deep, not like in a glamorous way, but just in a, like Mm -hmm. a deep, subtle way. In some ways that's kind of like what Halston style is clean American lines in a lot of ways. Beautiful sets and, again, gorgeous earth tones. Can I ask, before we continue to our next question, Mm. how was Ewan McGregor's portrayal? You know what? At some point it was like, oh, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi playing Halston. (laughs) It's Mark Renton. Yeah. 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 You know, and then suddenly they would portray him in gay sex scenes and he went for it. And then it was like... I was watching him in The Pillow Book. So it reminded me of him in The Pillow Book. If any of our listeners have ever seen it, it is an old international film that has to do with Japanese tattooing. And it's told in many parts. It was very kind of cryptic in its showing. I don't think we've seen Ewan McGregor in that type of sexualized role for a long time. And then I have to say, by episode three, I was just like, oh, this is Halston. I just accepted it. Oh, wow. And I forgot that it was Ewan McGregor after a while. So ah. really great portrayal. I think I just had to get over my own preconceptions first. And then suddenly it was Ooh. like, it was really Ewan McGregor playing Halston and doing it quite well, actually. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Now, would you sample it again? So I thought about this and I think mm-hmm. to myself, the idea of a trifle and the comparison of this miniseries to the dessert, Death by Chocolate Trifle, really appropriate. <laughs> because when I think about the alternate meaning to trifle, it means a thing of little value or importance. And <laughs> in as much as this miniseries had interesting trivia and it was a fascinating character study. I don't know that I need to resample it. I got the trivia. It wasn't Mm. so layered and deep. 
there are some miniseries and shows that we watch, Sigs, that I know that you and I, like, we could watch it again and we pick up something different. I don't know right. that I would catch anything different or more deeper than what I already got. In some ways, like another metaphor is like Halston, this miniseries is like a coffee table book. It's beautiful to kind of flip through. And I don't know that you have to think too much to actually flip through it. And again, it's beautiful to see and it adds to my life that way, just kind of being exposed to beauty. But I don't know that there's much repeat value in it. It's almost like an interesting footnote that you find in some nonfiction book that you might read. Interesting to have sampled it. I don't regret yeah. it, but I don't feel compelled to kind of rewatch it again. Wow. Mm-hmm. To whom would you recommend this Who show? would I recommend this to? So in my notes, I say that trifle can be filling in the moment, but not lasting in the end. And again, that very much what this miniseries feels to me. And anyone that's interested in knowing about the history of fashion or this part of American sportswear and the brand of Halston and how he made women feel in the late 70s and 80s, I think you'd find this interesting. I think it's really meant for fashionistas and I would recommend it as such. Michael got to watch it with me. He found it really interesting. He's not necessarily a fashionista, but I think our fashionistas our fashionista listeners would find this really enjoyable. Again, a trifle. Like it's something to watch on a Saturday <laughs> evening. You know, you decided that you wanted to stay in instead and you can easily binge two or three hours of it and then complete the rest on a Sunday afternoon, which is very much what I did. But again, meant for the person that has like an eye for fashion and just wants to know a little bit more tidbits about the Halston brand and Halston the person. That's a wonderful summation. I think that you've opened it up for those who'd want to sample. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for future topics for our taste test for the Hollow Hollow podcast, email us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. The Hollow Hollow podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Rate us and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at hollowhollowpop. And we're on Instagram at hollowhollowpopculture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chelchering, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon. Do you need some chocolate? Oh, you know what? That sounds really good. I want to sample this.